After some creative workarounds of the telecommunication restrictions by the Myanmar military, I am pleased to say that on this episode, I'll be talking to a pro-democracy activist, Mo Lin, from Yangon, Myanmar. He is currently organizing protests against the military coup, and through this conversation, you'll get to hear and feel what it's like to be on the ground right now for one of the most critical fights for democracy. I recommend that you check out the last episode about the military coup in Myanmar before you listen to this one. But other than that, let's get to it. This is the world we inherit, and I'm your host, Anita Kirti. Hello, Anita, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. I think it's just the... Yes, uh, actually, there, there was a problem with the connection. Currently, I'm using a, a Thai server, okay. Thai SIM, because all the Myanmar SIMs are not working. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for calling me. Um, After the military took this, control um, of the government on February the 1st, civil disobedience protests have started. The military has responded to those protests with nighttime arrests, beatings, social media bans, and telecommunication outages. Yet activists have persisted and continued to organize and peacefully protest against the military coup. Mo Lin is a lecturer and social enterprise consultant who became one of those brave activists in the past few weeks. So I just want to set the scene for everyone. On the day of February 1st, after you get your internet back, what was the reaction of the people around you and your community? Uh, mostly silent, uh, physically, but, mm-hmm. but there was lots of uh, information spreading out on the internet. So so as, as I mentioned, you know, like Myanmar people are very patient. So we don't actually protest for every reason. It, it's not a culture of Myanmar. And, and on 1st of February, well, we didn't start the protest. However, we were trying to organize. Uh, we tried to, we start thinking that these protests should be happening. So, so starting from 2nd February, we start making a protest. And the protest was, the protest were like, like bit by bit. It's not totally organized. It was, it was like bit by bit. And now we are actually going through a CDM, which is civil disobedient movement. So what civil disobedient movement means is we are encouraging government servant, public servant to, to come out from their service not to serve this government, to resign from job, even without any resignation letter. So if they all defect, a lot of government workers... So the major idea is, what would the government do if they have like only 15, 20 people in Mm. their head body Mm. and and none of their their fingers are not working? And this movement is like peace movement. However, in Nepiro, because where I'm staying is in, 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 in currently in a different city, but Nepiro, which is the capital city, so they start using water again to uh, demobilize the people. The worst part is I have noticed that in the water, they even put acid into it. So as soon as anybody who attached the water in their eyes or, tonight, yeah. like, or in their heads, they start bleeding. Or some people couldn't open their eyes for like hours. So we are not still sure that whether those people uh, want blind or it just like affected their eyes for, for a couple of hours. We are still not sure yet. But these things are actually happening in Myanmar. You said that there was a slow start to the start of the protest. Was that fear of the military or did it take some time to encourage people to come out? It's both. both. It's both. Because we have history that the military government, they don't care 
the people at all. We have a history of uh, military government shooting people while they protest. So in 1988, the military actually shoot at the people and millions of people had to sacrifice in the name of democracy and, and we couldn't gain that democracy for another 25 years. So how many people are coming out in your area, like as an estimate? Today, we, we expected it was around about 1.5 million people participated in, in Yangon alone. So is the media covering this? Does the media have the freedom to cover what's happening? All the media have been occupied by the military. So whatever the national TVs are showing is the message from the military government. Thanks to Facebook and thanks to like uh, independent news channel. So they are actually covering lots of news from, from Burma. Like we have like BBC Myanmar and they are channel like DVB, Democratic Vice of Burma. Those type of independent news channels, they try to be fair. They try to share their news, actual news. As you said before, there is a history of brutal crackdown on pro-democracy movements. So is there a fear of something like that happening? Or do you think that international pressure that's coming from now the United States and other countries is enough to keep that from happening? In 1988, when this protest happened, those generations were like, let's say, like Generation Y. So baby boomers, Generation Y, Generation X. However, uh, now today, Generation Z are taking their place. And Generation Z, since they are 10 years old, they have tested what is democracy. You know, like because from 2010, the democracy transition was initiated. And 2015 to 2020, there were like more opportunities. These youth actually brought up with less fear. So when these youth start protesting, they protest with a very different manner. At our time, like in 1988, we protest with motivating slogans. But these youths, they don't use slogans. They use memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, they use memes. They use funny statements. Yeah. And they use technology very widely. And because of the help of these Generation Z, the movement actually works faster, let's say. Are they able to circumvent the internet shutdown to organize these protests in a way that older people are unable to? Yeah, when the internet was shut down on Saturday and Sunday, on Saturday, we, we expected like 10,000 only. On Sunday, it reached to like 100,000. Wow. So it was like 10 times wow. on Sunday. And on my, and Sunday movement, we encourage public servants to leave the job. And at certain one ministry, the whole ministry staff just uh, resign. They're able to get this number of people out because they are connecting through social media. Yeah, they are connecting through social media. Right now, are you part of the organizing of protests? There was a one leading uh, protester. He, he gave an example. All right. He said the head of the train has been captured, but the military didn't know that all the bodies have their own machines. So every youth is the organizer here. Every youth is, is trying to make movement. So, for example, I myself, I'm not organized like whatever that I can, like 20 people, 30 people, we are trying to organize things. So I'm, I'm trying to participate to like two, three groups and every group has 30 people, 40 people. We try to organize as much as we can. We try to share information. 
We try to encourage people not to just stay at home, but to go out and make voice. And for a few days, you know, we were outside of the UN office. We were trying to make voice as much as we can do. And the movement that's happening right now, is it for pro-democracy or is it also combined with support for Suchi? It's totally not support for the Suchi. You won't believe that. I didn't vote for our Suchi party. I'm not actually doing any party movement. I'm actually being part of the country movement, citizenship movement. And I'm so happy that you know, even the person that I voted is, is doing the same movement as I'm doing. So some of the NLD against party, they are not even military, but they actually start joining with military. So these things are happening as well. And some of the party, even though they are not part of military, neither they are not part of NLD, which is our Sasuji party. But when these things are happening, they are standing firm under the name of democracy. Mm-hmm. So like, they are different type of people. Thank you for clarifying that. I think that's really important for people to know. So thank you so much for being on this episode. It's been really great talking to you. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. I think what's most compelling about this conversation was that Mo himself is normally not a political operative, but is now actively organizing against a military coup. And I think that speaks to the level of mobilization that's happening in Myanmar right now, which is phenomenal because each of those thousands of people that are protesting are putting themselves in a life-threatening situation but they're choosing to do so anyway. As you heard Mo say, considering the numbers of people who are going out into the streets and the increasing level of violence the military is using, this situation is really volatile and will continue to be the center of international conversation, not to mention a kind of measure of the health of democracy right now. And people like Mo are putting themselves at even greater risk of military retaliation because they're choosing to speak out on forums like this about the military coup, which makes it all the more important that stories like his are amplified and heard. For Americans, awareness translates to pressure on our elected officials to do something about the crisis in Myanmar. That being said, if you would like to be a part of educating the people around you, you could share this episode with your family and friends. Depending on what happens in Myanmar, there may be a follow-up to this episode, so make sure you subscribe as well. Okay, that's The World We Inherit, and I'm your host, Anita Kirthi. Thanks for listening.